Hey guys, do you ever get like um like hanger boogers, but not the kind that come out, but the kind that stick to the inside, you know? And then like you try to, well, maybe you don't pick your nose, but for the people who pick their noses, uh, you try to like create a suction cup with your with your finger, like a like a like a little mini abortion of your nose. You try to suction it out, so you try to create like a vacuum and then and pop it out, and hopefully uh, the gravity, the 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 stick of the of the booger would stick to your finger and come out with it. Anyway, hi you guys, what's up? Welcome to Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank. I'm Ari Shafir. Uh, on today's episode, first of all, my special is coming out tomorrow, February fifth. I'm so excited, you guys. If you haven't gotten it, or I mean pre-ordered it, um, now's the time. I just got another booger. I'll be honest with you. Um, yeah, it's coming out. I'm really excited about it. This is guy. This is the new way that people are doing stand-up specials. It's 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 this way. I mean, some people are going to do theirs on Comedy Central or, or you know whatever. But um, for most comics, this is going to be the way. We're just going to make it ourselves and say fuck it. We don't trust anybody else, so we're going to hire our own directors and just sell it to people for five dollars, and uh, and that'll pay. For the uh, the specials, the cost of the specials, the seventy five to two hundred thousand dollars, however much people spend. Um, yeah, you guys will pay for it. Fans will pay for comedy that they like. So, like, fuck the network system. Um, so, my special is coming out. So, go to my website, arithegreat dot com or arishafir dot com, and right on the top, there's a banner that takes you there. And you, while you're there, you can get like um, a vinyl of of Revenge for the Holocaust, which is my old album, and um, <coughs> or a CD. Uh, but this one, passive aggressive, oh, or a poster for passive aggressive. I got a really cool poster. It's a dragon, like a fire breathing uh, Hobbit style dragon. Um, not Hobbit style from the movie. I haven't seen the movie yet, but Hobbit style from like the the drawings that were in Tolkien's Hobbit. Um, and he's got glasses on. But um, the special is called passive aggressive. I'm really excited. So everybody's got to get it. But let's do this on this episode. <coughs> fuck. On this episode, uh, I talked to Greg Fitzsimmons. It's the second part of my two-part conversation with him uh, that I had in his garage, in his studio. Uh, Fitzsimmons is a hilarious comic. If you, you ever get a chance to see him in your town, fucking do yourself a favor. From day one since I started comedy, I saw his Comedy Central half-hour special when I started, and his was one of the ones that we all like, passed around and watched on VHS tape. If you're under 26, uh we we emailed it to each other um but yeah he had some fucking killer half hour special he always he was just a consummate professional and we always like watching his jokes and stuff but um so yeah but the thing is he is a maniac he's a psychopath and um so we talked about fighting he just gets into fights he just fights first of all he's four foot one and 106 pounds. So if there's anybody, I'm not going to call it Napoleon complex. I'm just going to call it a scrappy do complex. Because he's just, <coughs> at the drop of a hat, willing to just fucking go. He's he's just fucking crazy. Anyway, so um, he fucking talked to me about some of that. Uh, it was really interesting. I don't, I, I don't, like whenever I'm at a bar and I see somebody bump into me. And they're like, hey man, watch it. Like they have that aggro, like bro dude kind of behavior dude bro kind of behavior um i always just sort of rolled my eyes and was like are you serious we're in our 30s what, what are you talking about we're not gonna fight right now because we didn't realize how much space we had between us while we we're both drunk in a dark bar hey bro watch it oh i'm so sorry well now that i know that you don't want me to bump into you i'll be better about not bumping into you stupid of course it was an accident we both bumped into each other Hey, bro, how about we each turn around and go, oh, sorry, all right, have a good night, and just walk away and have a pleasant experience and let life fucking wash off you in bad moments instead of stick to it. Anyway, I also have some, um, I didn't know if I should say this or not, but um, I'm not going to mention, I'm not talking about my special Passive Aggressive that's out February 5th for just a low cost of $5 online. And with it, you can get a t-shirt or a poster or anything else. That's available now. No, what I wanted to tell you is about. Sometimes I get sort of updates from past episodes, um, and I figure since you guys sort of sometimes get invested in the people I'm talking to, I should share with you their developments. 
Um, and as such, sadly, I am... I don't know if it's sadly or not. I guess it is sadly. Claire Brousseau is going back to Toronto to go back into the hospital for more treatment. So, um, if you... I was coughing. I'm not tearing up. If you would like to send her a message on Twitter or Facebook, sort of reach out and uh, and tell her... Um, I don't know. You're thinking of her. I know she gets off on that stuff. On Twitter, her name is Claire Brossel. I don't know how to fucking say it, but it's Claire. You know how to spell that. And B-R-O-S-S-E-A-U. So, fucking... I don't know. If you want to, send her a word of encouragement. She's about... <laughs> she's about to go get fucking shocked in her brain again. Jesus. Um, and that's it, I guess, you guys. Uh, I've been having really fucking fun sets. I've got my first 15 new minutes. I don't know if anybody cares about updates, but I can do a whole set now of uh, of new material since my special. And then I still have two long bits. that didn't... <coughs> Fuck, sorry, that didn't make it in. Um, and I will be doing that. And some of the stuff that you've seen in the special in North Carolina this weekend. If you're in North Carolina, in Raleigh, come out to Charlie Goodnights uh, for a fun, fun show. Um, what did I want to say? I saw the UFC fights. Man, they were good. I sat up front. Um, all right, I don't know. Anyway, I'm meandering. So thank you guys for tuning in. Please subscribe. And please, if you get the special, send out a tweet or a Twitter or a Facebook message about it. And tell your friends to get it, too. Um, and then fucking show it to them. If you, if you can just have your computer open and show it to your friends, by all means, let the fucking, fucking other people see it, but tell everybody to buy it. So to support fucking original comedy, this is how you guys are going to do it right now. This is how we're going to support art by everybody. Nobody has to go out there and buy a million dollar painting. What if everybody just spent $1 to have the million dollar painters paint something rad and we all get to fucking see it. That'd be cool. And he's like, why am I going to pay anything? Because we're all going to fucking pay you on the back end. We're going to give you a buck or $5. $5 seems like too much to look at a painting. But it's not for a year of my material. So go get Passive Aggressive right now. AriTheGreat.com All right, so here we go. Um, Episode 99. By the way, I'm not doing anything important for episode 100. I don't care about that shit. It's just a number. I don't have time to fucking throw a party for myself. That's the other thing. It's because you're celebrating yourself. If everybody else wanted to say, hey, happy 100th show, then um, <coughs> then that's fine. But, like, I can't do that. That's just so fucking, so into yourself. Like, this, you, can't, you can't do that. Right? Doesn't that seem lame? It's like giving yourself a nickname. Maybe I'm wrong, but it seems lame to me. So, um, so it's uh, Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank, episode 99, Scrappy-Doo with Greg Fitzsimmons. So, what else? Cemetery? Cemetery. Um, um, delivered pizza. Delivered flowers. You totally look like a pizza delivery guy. That was awesome. Yeah. I would just... It wasn't when I was smoking pot. I didn't start to really until I was out here. Did it I ever happen with any deliveries? The, the, the story everybody... Nope. No. The woman inviting me in. Never happened. That's what you're talking about, the yeah. special stuff. No, the guy who was training me was like... Uh, you know, it'll happen once in a while, yeah. dude. These girls, but now I realize he was just lying. Yeah, no, never happened. Never even. I wouldn't have known the signs if it was. I I fucked a girl who was uh, going door to door selling magazines once. No way. Yep. You invited her in. She was like a uh, high school girl, and she was raising money. Like if you if you buy uh, if I sell enough magazine subscriptions, I get to go to France with my Bible group. And so I said, well, I don't really want any magazines. And I was at my mom's. I was a stand-up comic at the point at that point. And okay. I think I was like, I think I was like 22, maybe. She and was like 18, 17. She was like 17. Yeah. And so I, um, I was in my mom's house. My mom was off at work. I'm, yeah. I'm alone in the house. And I answer the door. It's like fucking noon. And I'm eating cereal. I just woke <laughs> up. Yeah. And I've just got on like sweatpants and a t-shirt and I was like, I don't really want any magazines, but I do you want to come in? I'll make you some coffee. And <sighs> so she came in and like had her convinced that I was a stand-up and I was like really successful. 
And yeah, that was always house. the key, to, just to lie about the success level. So yeah. I had a VHS tape of my stand-up set, and so I brought her in the TV room, and I showed it to her, and she was some Iowa corn-fed fucking, you know, wow. innocent girl, and so she saw it, and I started making out with her, and then I brought her up to my room, and uh, I had sex with her on like a twin bed that was all creaky with like wall, you know, cars on the She's wallpaper. Like, this, this is your house. I said, you yeah, well, I just bought it. and I haven't really renovated it yet. <laughs> and I had to go in my brother's room because I knew he had a condom at his bedside table. And so, uh, and so I fucked her. And then she's like, I got to go. The, the van's picking me up at the corner in five minutes. So I was like, okay. And she left. I just sat wow. down and finished my cereal. Wow. And then like an hour later, my friend calls me up. Tommy and he goes you're not gonna believe what happened I was like what he goes this girl came to the door selling magazines I was like yeah and he's like yeah and I was like fuck I bought like three magazines I was inviting her in she wouldn't do it she was fucking hot it's like shit I was like sit down sit down let me tell you why she didn't come in (laughs) like she hit a few more houses after she left yeah they were working the whole town a couple houses wow who knows maybe the whole thing was a Fucking setup. Maybe they were all whores. To, to well, yeah, because I didn't buy guy? the magazine. I didn't buy the magazine. I gave like twenty bucks once to a Greenpeace girl who was super hot mm. when I was like sixteen. She when had I didn't your have, number. I didn't have. Yeah. Oh yeah, she had your number. I didn't have the cash either. I was. I mean, I had it, but I didn't have like. It wasn't disposable. That was all the money I had. Yeah. God. Yeah, I should have tried to bunch. She was so hot. She would have. There was one girl I regret not doing. Where I thought one of those situations, like, what did you just read her and just be like, I think I got a chance here. I was really cocky at that point in my life. I mean, I had a full head of hair. You should have seen me. Yeah, that would have been cool. (laughs) It was unbelievable. There was a chick that was walking home from somewhere, um, maybe getting my hair cut at Standard, and I was walking, or somewhere just walking on Sunset, and some girl was like, do you know where this is? She has resumes. I was like 25, and she was like 23 or something like that. And I just got a vibe off her, but I didn't know how to do that stuff then. Mm. I wanted to be like, yeah, come... I'll give you a drink of water at my place. I still regret it. It was like 10 years ago. Isn't that the worst? They, I, the, the memories I have that are the worst are, yeah, the chicks that I wish I'd thrown the move on. Because I look back and I realize she was, she was asking me to, but I was so... Because there were yeah. times in my life where I wasn't at all cocky. Yeah. You know, when I was a teenager, I was really... And then... Uh, what, meek? Like not I able to... I wasn't meek. I just couldn't close. Yeah. I was really good with flirting and making them laugh, but when it came down to actually saying like... Do you want to go out with me? I, I never could ask a girl out. But then uh, also like fights that I didn't get into and I let myself get bullied. Those are the worst regrets of my life. Really? Yeah, because I, and I got to the point where I just would never walk away from a fight because I would, I would think back to the times when I had and it would, make, it would make me tremble. I'd get so angry that I didn't do it. That you didn't do it? That I didn't do it. Would you tremble afterwards? Like no, no, like adrenaline? years later. I can oh, think really? of I can think of situations you, when I was like thirteen or fourteen where I didn't fight a guy, and he called me out, and I and I, I wish I had. Like you just said, like oh, whatever, and walked away. Yeah, and that bothered you like decades later. Well, I think because my dad used to hit me, and so the idea of letting somebody else do it to me, That's or how you show it, or love. even, or what's that? That's how you show love. Hit somebody else. No, I mean that, that it was such a bad feeling when my dad did it that yeah. when somebody else did it, even besides him, it was even worse. Oh. Because then I started fighting back against anybody that would hit me. Oh. As so you of, were like, I'll take it from my father because he's in his power position. But and then eventually I did, and I stood up to my you. dad at, at a certain age. You fight him? Well, he was, he was uh, hitting my uh, sister. Yeah. And then I went downstairs and I got in between them and I got in his face. And he was like six foot two, tough guy. Wow. And uh, he could have killed me, but he but, didn't. Wow. So these but other- I was, you know, I was 20 at that point. You were a full man. I remember when I, when I, my mom realized like she just couldn't hurt us anymore. Yeah. This moment of like, that, is that all you have? Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to cut it. You're going to have to do something else besides violence. I know. And, every, and it's a game changer. Yeah. Would you, would you pick out fights? No. Never that. What is he eating? No, I never, I never look for fights, but if somebody, was, if somebody was being bullied, I was in there immediately. Standing up for him? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Really? But I never started a fight, no. How many fights did you get into? You had to let them... It was just... Was those people around there were fightiers more? Like they... Well, it was Boston as much as New York. Yeah. I think even more so in Boston because... Uh, 
I got really, I got really, I was doing a lot of drinking and I was lifting weights a lot mm-hmm. and I was always really fast. I was always a good fighter yeah. and, uh, and not afraid to get hit, which is probably the biggest thing. Yeah. If you're going to fight somebody, if you've never been hit, you don't stand a chance. So I would just get, um, I would just get involved in things that I didn't have to get involved in. Standing up, stand, just standing in. Yeah. Well, like if somebody would say something snarky. Oh, yeah. That's enough. It was enough. You couldn't just be like, fucking idiot. Nope. And walk away. Nope. Ever. No. Nope. Why? It was just like, I had so much rage inside of me towards my father that I, I felt like I had to right all the wrongs in the world. I always felt yeah. like I had to be the one to teach somebody a lesson. Meanwhile, yeah. I was not a big guy. And uh, like I remember one time, those guys, those scrappy do guys. Well, Boston, forget it. It's like when I when I was uh, across the street one time, uh, there was a crosswalk, and I had stepped into it, and this big fucking El Dorado, old El Dorado, came around the corner, and it was it had like four guys from Southie in it. Yeah. But before I could even even see who was in it, I punched this this the window of the car (laughs) because they drove by it too fast. Yeah, because you walked into the crosswalk. Yeah. Yeah. So then they, they they stopped the car and they all four got out and I was alone. Oh, and that was a time when I was like, okay. And they came over and they were like in my face. You didn't run? No, I couldn't have run. They would have caught me okay. instantly. They were fucking big Southie okay. guys. And so they, they didn't push me around, but then one guy kicked me in the ass as he was walking away. I remember it. I was so fucking humiliated <sighs> that I was like, all right, calm the fuck. There like were times where I've been like, all right, you You're got to fucking rein it in a little bit. Including recently. You like, still get like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What is it? Just a rage? Just rage. Wow. You, do you think that your dad just put that into you? Yeah. I think it's DNA also. I think okay. I'm 100% Irish, and I think there's a, lot of, there's a lot of rage in there. Yeah. And I'm sure when you were you know, 23, too, and drinking, yeah. then it would be even more, more yeah. testosterone and more whatever. So much testosterone. Did you take beatings at all? You must have. I mean, did people just like... Did you lose fights? Me and my brother also fought a lot. With him? We were, we were well, with him against other people and against each other. But yeah. I, so I think I, um, yeah, I grew up fighting a lot. Yeah, so, no, I never, got, I never got beat up. Really? Not really. I'm trying to think if I ever got beat up. No. How bad did you beat other people up? I mean, you know, got, it, it you got to remember, like, fights get broken up. I right, mean, I got, right. this tooth got knocked out, and I have, uh, I have stitches on my nose, and, you know, never horrible, though, but I got, um, it, it, fights get broken up pretty quick. You get in a few shots, or you end up getting somebody to submit, basically. Yeah. But fights don't usually, like, the ones you see yeah. on the internet where people are really, like, boxing for a while, those happen. are pretty rare. It's like two or three punches, right? Yeah. And it's over? Yeah, if that. Yeah. So if you can be fast and get the first punch in, especially if you can punch somebody in the neck or the chin or the uh-huh. nose, then it's usually kind of over. The neck is a really weak spot. The neck is the key to the whole thing. It's like you really want to aim for the, the chin and, and, and the neck. And then, so you get both at once. In that old, remember Charles Atlas? Yeah. And they had in the back of like Archie comic books and stuff. Like, quick, quick kicking sand in my yeah, face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He punches him in the neck. After he works out and gets bigger, oh, he yeah. then punches the old bully in the neck. yeah. Because it doesn't matter how big somebody is, yeah. if you punch them in the neck, it's soft. If, yeah, it's a defenseless area. Uh, do you talk to your dad anymore? No, he died many, many oh. years ago. Were you like okay with him, or was that were you guys not? We well, we we were in a sense that you know we had a lot of years where we were very we were close my whole life, very close, and uh, and then we didn't talk for like nine months before he died. He died suddenly of a heart attack when he was fifty, and uh, we'd gone through a period where. He was drinking a lot, and I, I was having a hard time being around him because of it, because I'd stopped drinking at this yeah. point. And so um, I just uh, was taking some time uh, off, and then he died, so it was wow. kind of hard. Yeah, it would be hard. Yeah. Especially when you make a decision to take time off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Did you, what's he got now? I think he's got some wood. Hey, Brulee, stop it. Brulee, even the name. Punk-ass dog. Crime <laughs> Brulee. <laughs> That's a good name. Uh, um, uh, I remember seeing when I was in Boston, was like my first time in Boston, some guy walking down the street Saturday night at like, you know, one thirty, two, and just bloody, like blood coming out of his nose and all over his face and just 
just sort of smiling and walking with his friends. Yeah. Like it wasn't a big deal. It just seems so casual there. Yeah, in Boston, the bars would close at two and everybody would spill out onto the streets. And it was at one or two. It was early. Two. And uh, if you didn't have a chick with you, yeah. it was like, who can I fight? Really? There's gangs of guys from different neighborhoods in Boston. Just angry they're not getting any? Just angry. And, and, and it was just like this, it was this very machismo thing. It was like this, just to, see, now he's got to fucking Now he wants to go out. so bad. I like how he went to the door, saw he couldn't get through it, then comes back to you. Get out of here. Go! No, I know. <laughs> he prances quick. Yeah, I think the kids are home. So that was a way to just do whatever? You could just, like, fight people? Yeah, like I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't that guy, but that's what the Boston guys were like. They would, they would get out, like, you know, ask, ask Rogan what Faneuil Hall was like at 2 o'clock in the morning. Really? It was just packs of guys. That's why I hated it. When I went there, I was like, this is disgusting. Yeah. And my mom was like, it's just frat dudes and meatheads. Yeah. My mom was like, Boston? Isn't that where Harvard is? Yeah. And I was like... Yeah, but I didn't see any of those people. Well, yeah, I mean, Boston is either, it's either very liberal, progressive college, or it's townies, you know, like intense, you know, uh, neighborhood-y kind of townies. God, those people are annoying to me. The the, the things they revere, just like I don't care about it all. When you bump it, yeah, no, I like sports, but when they bump into you at a, no, I mean, just like dominance and and strength and, and not talking about something. yeah. You lose an argument, it just goes to violence. Like, yeah. how are we getting to a better place? I know. If it's the threat because of violence, Because the thing is wrong. with guys like that is, um, you know, they're so overwhelmingly strong and tough and aggressive that you're just immediately on your defensive around them. You don't feel yeah. like, you don't feel like um, if, there's any, if there's any beef whatsoever, you just go, you just immediately back off like, this guy was born to kill people. Yeah. And he's got five guys like that with him. And you just go like, this just isn't fun being around this energy at all. Yeah, I could see that. We're just, just come on, relax. Just yeah, relax. I know. Yeah, you've got to be on guard Because they want to. They want to fight. Yeah. Especially someone like us. You know, they see a little guy, they can't, it's a free, fun thing for them. And they would just swat at you, hoping you'd do something back, so yeah. they just, like, fight you. Oh, the shoulder into you at a yeah. bar. That's so... And they say, you got a problem? Yeah. It's like, ugh. Yeah. That's why when I was in college, my two, I had two roommates that were, it was the captain of the football team and the uh, defensive linebacker. Yeah. And uh, they were bartenders at this bar downtown. And I used to hang out there, and I would start shit with guys, yeah. and they'd be right behind me. And they, they you knew. Yeah, I remember one point, some guy looked at me and goes, oh, is that your thing? Is that it? Is that your thing? I was like, yep. What, having, having two Having them guards? behind me. <laughs> yeah. It feels good. Yeah, it was really good. I had one time in college, at Maryland, it was, uh, it was a group of guys, like three or four white guys, and the rumor was, as they were walking, one of them dropped an N-bomb. Yelled nigger. Yeah. And I was with all my, li- my, my, li- my li- bleh, Liberian friends and my Jamaican friend. And so then it was like, I'm with these, you know, seven or eight black guys. And it's like, then I was like, what'd you say? Motherfuckers, what'd you say? Like, all indignant because I could do something. And I remember yeah. they were walking away just like, we don't want any part of this. And I threw a bottle. You did? Yeah, like 20 yards away. And it like crashed their feet. Good for you. But only because I had seven, yeah. like way more than them and all yeah. big, tough black dudes. Yeah. God, feels good That's to have awesome. Power like that, that does feel good. Yeah. I mean, you can understand why people join gangs. Yeah. The, you more feel might, powerless, more power. and then all of a sudden you've got power. Yeah. If I got some power, I'd be totally corruptible. Yeah. Real fast. I think fast. so. I think so. It's real. That's a really tough thing about these poor nations when all of a sudden, like South Africa. Yeah. Well, not that it's a black thing, just any, pick any fucking country that's uh, disenfranchised and they get some power. They go corrupt mm. so oh, fast. Yeah. Well, Egypt. Yeah. They're like, okay, we want freedom. We don't want this old. And then they're like, okay, well, new guys wants to take complete power. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he thinks. Yeah, is but away. that was different because the, you know, I don't think the Muslim Brotherhood was necessarily disenfranchised. I think they're like, they're comers. You know, they've yeah. already got, they've got a groundswell of support in that part of the world already. Oh, yeah. And in, in this was more like, to me, this is more like they came in and, and walk gingerly like, no, 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 no. No, we're not going to impose Islamic law. Yeah. We're, no, we're going to play. And then all of a sudden, 
He started like get rid of Parliament, yeah. and then all of a sudden they start. You start hearing more and more. He goes, if I need to, I can take absolute power. Exactly. Like, no, no, let's not even have that. No, but power. yeah, but it was a, it was really like come in. It was a it was a um, Trojan horse. What do you mean? They came in as like no no no. This is a gift. We're oh, gonna yeah. be we're gonna be the Muslim Brotherhood, the soft gentle one. Yeah, but they're not. No, they're 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 just showing who they are, and it's gonna get worse. You think so? Oh yeah, it's gonna get bad. I know Israel was always like when they took over, like we like freedom and stuff, but ugh, this the Muslim is bad. Brotherhood is not a cool group of people. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, when when somebody would like push you at a bar or say like, "Hey, watch it," you would just it go depends. right in their face. And then- I think it depends. Like I'm not an idiot. Get, okay. Don't get me wrong. I had a very quick ability to assess the situation you know uh, who they were with how big they were and i didn't necessarily care how big they were but i could i could sense their energy if mm-hmm. they were full of shit and and if the guy was full of shit i could dig in because i could i could intimidate by the sheer fact that i was small was they thought i was fucking crazy which i yeah, was yeah you know i got arrested for assault with a deadly weapon freshman year and against two football players what i broke a bottle and uh i had them cornered in a in the uh uh, lobby of a dorm and they, the security guard wasn't buzzing them in oh my god because one of them had uh, sexually assaulted a girl at another dorm and I found them I was running down the street looking for them whoa and so I got arrested and I got charged with assault with a deadly weapon because if I'm drunk and I'm angry I really I really am not yeah that is a deadly weapon it's not like yeah it's not like you had I don't know your keys in your pocket <laughs> like, no like you were holding but that was the thing is, glass at like, again wow. my hand was always in my pocket with keys like I always had a plan how did that resolve itself with the football players well the girl wouldn't press charges for sexual assault because she was a freshman and she didn't want to spend her whole year going to court and you know doing yeah. all that and I don't think she was raped I think it was like it had gotten way out of hand whatever yeah. it was I don't even know what all the details were she was crying hysterically and I went out with another guy to find them and I happened to find them so they pressed charges on me and I so I got a letter sent to my parents okay. I was being thrown out of the dorms and I said to the girl I'm going to be thrown out of school I said you got to press Tell charges so, yeah. so she threatened them until they dropped the charges oh so nobody had to press any charges yeah okay but I think I still got kicked out of the dorms the next semester for I forget they, I did something else I was on probation because of it and then and then immediately back to happened. whatever so you would assess the situation and then what when you, when you saw somebody that you could like take or you didn't think was worth anything I remember Parker Lewis can't lose when the bully at some point came out they had never actually gotten into a fight yeah yeah and he got really scared of all the small guys like you yeah I mean I, I used to punch guys a lot I was definitely a I would cheap shot people yeah really oh yeah you just get in the face and then just go or like yeah. wait till they return yeah I mean I guess that, no I wouldn't hit somebody from behind but I would definitely get off a fast punch when it when things didn't seem like they were at that level yet that's always the threat. Is like, when does somebody actually throw the punch? Yeah, and that's the thing is, there's no rules about that. There's yeah. no, there's no nobility in not throwing the first punch. I thought it was always like you, you were. This is what I was was afraid of getting sued if you threw the first punch and they didn't fight back. Well, get, if you knock him out and he falls down, he cracks his head and he goes into a coma. You're charged with fucking, you know, you can be charged with murder. If but if he dies. punched you first and then you punch back, then it's okay. Then it's fine, right? Even the same thing with a coma. Yeah. Wow. That's my understanding. Is if somebody. Or, you know, shove you hard, technically, right? if they are in your space and threatening you, you have a right to defend yourself. They said if, you, if somebody spits on you, that was a, a, Is that right? like a, a good excuse to fight somebody legally. Yeah. yeah. Like it's such a demeaning thing. Yeah, I think that there's a judgment call on when they are a physical threat to you that you're allowed to defend yourself. Like that's what you learn oh, right. in uh, martial arts is that there, you have a plane and if they break that plane, then that's when you attack. You don't wait for somebody to throw a punch. Right. Tate uh, Fletcher who used to do bodyguard stuff for Rogan. He was a really good jiu-jitsu. It's when he when he's shaking somebody's hand, they would try to like push it down a little bit. He would always grab their elbow and just like hold it. In. <laughs> like he was just naturally like, I don't want to be in a bad position here. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go on the offensive a little bit. Yep. Man, did you ever get into fights once you started fighting? You were like, this is I'm fighting the wrong person. I guess no, you can't ever think that. Once you're in, you got to you got to be in. Really? Yeah, if you hesitate for a second, it's over. You ever apologize for it? Yeah. To people? Yeah. Say, I'm sorry I punched you. Oh, absolutely. And were you sorry? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember once we were, um, we were at a keg party and uh, something happened. We were out on the street and uh, people were already breaking it up. And I reached in and I punched this guy and his nose was bleeding. And then uh, and I saw him like at the next party 
and my friend had said he couldn't believe I did it. He was like, why would that guy have done that? I mean, it was being broken. And I saw him, and I went up, and I apologized. Said I didn't realize it was being broken up. And- no, I just said I was a dick. Sorry. Oh. Man. They, people just hate you? No. No, no, no. Even though you punched pe- a bunch of people around town? No, I wasn't like that. I wasn't like a fucking lunatic. I mean, BU had 30,000 kids in it. How many of them did you punch? No, I mean, no, don't, don't get me wrong. I was not, I was okay. not a madman. I wasn't like a lunatic. But I, I just lost my temper, and I wasn't, I'm just, once I lose my temper, it's like black and white, and it's very hard for me to, really? to, to pull, pull back, back from it. Yeah. Hulking? Yeah, I mean, I have really bad road rage, and uh, I drove somebody off the road once. What? Yeah, my wife was in the car. She was my girlfriend then. What? We're going to Ikea in New Jersey, and this guy cut me off, and I got in front of him. Got in front of him, and I just slowly drove towards him, putting the brakes on until he drove off the road into the dirt on the... uh, uh, What do you mean you got in front of him and drove him? Like, he cut me off, and then I followed him, and then he was in the right lane, so I got in the center lane. And then I just... Pushed? Slowed down and pulled into his lane and pushed him. Oh, wow. Without contact. He had nowhere to go except off the road. And then what did you do? She just off? laughed. I laughed, and she was she was laughing, and that's when I was like, "I what? think I can marry this woman." Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Jesus, it's just it's when you have a bad temper, it's just everything goes white. You, you just, still do this in in the road rage. You still have it. A traffic. Yeah, you live in a horrible city for that. It's better than New York, I guess. I think everybody in this city is a pussy. That's why, and it's because I don't, I don't, I'm never downtown. I'm never in bad neighborhoods. Yeah, and I think that most <laughs> most guys in LA are pussies. Yeah. In, like, Hollywood, L.A.? Yeah. Yeah. Santa Monica-type places, yes. Yeah. Comedy yeah, clubs. Yeah. People don't want to fight. People are pussy. But that doesn't mean you have to take advantage. <laughs> just start, like... Let's not take advantage of it. I, I just want to like... right the wrongs. I'm sick of Why people being... Why do you care? Because ass- I can't stand when people are assholes. Yeah. I can't so handle you it. you need to, like, be the judge and, like, yeah, say it's not Yeah, I need to say, allowed. hey, fuck fate. Hey. Yeah. Bad guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They must know you curse your kids, right? No. No, I never curse in front of my kids. How old are they? 12 and 9. Really? My wife does. I don't. You don't curse in front of your kids? No. I mean, I've said shit a couple times in front of my accident. Yeah. Weird. Wait, so you see this somebody cutting you off or going too slow in the left-hand lane, and you don't... So you do this... I used to be like this. You don't just like... Let's say somebody's going too slow in the left-hand lane. Do you A, go flash them a thousand times and then cut right around them and then cut right back in front of them, tell them no... I try not to do that move. I definitely flash the brights, yeah. and if I can get around them, I get around them. But um, I went to anger management classes, and they taught me to rewrite the script. On like, your life? Well, just, yeah, that, that when you see a situation like that where you want to engage, or you're not even thinking and you're engaging, you have to realize that this is a person that you already don't like, yeah. and you are about to make a choice to keep them in your life. Yeah. Because if you hit them, you're going to court, you're going to... You're going to know this person better. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to you can, you can say goodbye forever by just waving and brushing it off. And never thinking about it again. Never thinking about it again. So I work towards that. Yeah. Because it is like at some point you invite these people you hate to, to decide how you're going to live. Yeah. You know, if you're following a guy, it's like, what? We're just going to wherever we're going. Now I'm following some dude. I love that Seinfeld episode where uh, somebody doesn't give Jerry the wave. Uh-huh. He lets him in front of him in traffic, and the guy doesn't give him the thank you wave. Yeah. And he just keeps... Oh, no. I think it was George. George. So George gave keeps, him the finger? Is that what it was? No, no. That was different, I think. Okay. He did, didn't give the wave. So George kept following the guy and following the guy. And, you know, it turns out the guy didn't... I, I, don't, he, I forget how it ended. But just that idea, I can see it of like... You can waste so much energy and time Try over something that, what's the difference if you waved like, or not? If people are living against your like, life code, they're doing that all the time, all around you. Yes, but and you're ones, not going to change that. Yeah, but the ones you see, you suddenly feel an obligation to like, I want to let them know they're wrong. Yeah. They're never going to know they're wrong. Right. Yeah, they're never going to get it, right? You're never, you can't prove that. No, if anything, you're going to, you know, they're going to, like, say you see somebody being mean to their kid. If you say something, they're going to hit their kid even more because you've. Yeah, you can't tell them, you can't express to them that they're wrong. That guy you ran off the road wasn't like, I cut somebody off. I I don't know. I think there is an argument for that. I do think that if people still, like, nobody gets punched in the face anymore for being rude. And I think there was less rudeness back then because it was a possibility of happening. Diaz always says that. He goes, he needs to get a smack. Yeah. Somebody just punch him around a little bit and just knock him down. 
Yeah, I think that we are remiss as a culture and not ever doing anything, and people take advantage of that. That's why L.A. is so filled with douchebags, because nobody wants to be on the wrong side of anybody. Nobody calls anybody on being an asshole verbally or otherwise, and so people become bigger and bigger assholes. That's why I like to use, like, words to do that yeah i like to get at people with that's my weapon well that's why hecklers isn't it fun to rip yeah. a fucking heckler apart <laughs> just destroy it's one like physical violence it is it is it's bullying at some point but you're like yes it's now decided it's allowed yeah the little guy has the mic and guess who's got the power now yeah, yeah. that's way more fun yeah or even off stage me and my friend david taylor used to try to make girls on sunset uh, we wouldn't hit on them as they were walking by we just try to see if we can make them cry <laughs> we, would, we would call them over um, <laughs> it was so much fun and if they didn't want to come over because they thought we were hitting on them we, we'd just like no 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 we're gay we're gay we just want to talk to you because it wasn't about getting laid we knew yeah. that was never going to happen yeah and then we talk yeah we just try to pick out their insecurities and push buttons yeah until they would we had a girl paying offering to pay people 20 bucks to hit us once <laughs> she was so angry she was hitting us with a purse and it didn't hurt and we were laughing at her and then her purse broke <laughs> And they could always just leave. I forgot about that. Did you ever that. get one to cry? Oh, yeah. This one girl did. And then she would start to leave because her friend that w- wasn't as like, uh, susceptible to these things was like, come on, Margaret, let's go. Let's go. She starts to leave. And this is awesome chick. You just get to go, yeah, just run away. Just run away, little girl. Ignore your pro-. And then she would have to come back. People want that last word. I was at, uh, <laughs> what club was I at? Um, Fuck, I can't remember where I was. I love telling people that I know are going to say something on the way out when they're getting thrown out of a comedy show. It's like, make sure to say something when you leave yeah. to take the power away yeah. from them. Yep. And they can't do anything. I was coming out of a club and there was this girl, it was like a bachelorette party and uh, real fucking party pigs and she's sitting on the uh, <laughs> Party curb. pigs? Yeah, and her <laughs> friend's got her hair up in her hand and the chick's vomiting and so i go over Uh with my uh phone to start videotaping it (laughs) of course and like one of the friends looks up and goes what the fuck and like runs up and gets in my face yeah and so it was so awkward because like she was gonna punch me and there was a bunch of other girls and the other one was screaming her boyfriend's coming and he's a fucking animal and all of a sudden like i went from being like the funny guy that was gonna take the video to like I got to get the fuck out of here, like immediately. But I also have to save face. Like I can't, I can't turn around and run. <laughs> so girls. I had to like, I had to like keep laughing, but kind of quickly walk away without turning <laughs> my back. That. Oh, it's so it's a horrible, horrible feeling. Oh, it's the worst. You're pretending to have upper hand as you go. <laughs> yeah, you can see through it. A chick with her shoes in their hand has the upper hand over you. <laughs> <laughs> I have a video taping somebody in somewhere once. This girl was passed out on the ground, and some guy was like, hey, come on, come back to, and just trying to pull her up, but she was, uh, like, prone, completely out. Yeah. And I was taking a picture, but it was one of those flip cams, the flip cameras, the old ones, so there was a monitor in the front, so the guy yeah. could see I was taking a picture. Yeah. And uh, I was with Rogan. The guy was like, hey, what the fuck? You taking pictures of this shit? And then I was like, uh, Rogan was like, he's not taking a picture, man, he's just texting a friend. I was like, oh, no, I'm clearly taking a picture. He can see the monitor. I'm to- I mean, that guy, is, he's picking up that girl to go rape her. Like, what do you mean? I, I don't know. It seems funny to me. I should, get a, I should get a picture of this. It's so ridiculous. And then we walked away. But luckily, I had him around. So I didn't deal with it. It's the worst when you have to back up. Like, oh, that's the worst. You know, because it's always about, like, you can't go back in time. You're like, God, 10 seconds ago, this. I would this, not have. I was just walking home. Yeah, and then this. This horrible feeling. There must have been those like fights in Boston all the time. Yeah. Where you just like come across the wrong group of people. But that was like when those guys kicked me when I uh, yeah. hit their car. It's and just, just no one's willing to back down. Nope, they're not backing down. I am. It's like, you know, it's like watching those nature videos where you see the, the you know, the, the lion that has to fucking kowtow and walk away. Yeah. Can you see, yeah, when they can't, can you see um, those guys' point of view? In, the, in the, the four people in the car. Oh, like God, I've been one, one of those them, four guys. Oh, somebody fuck punched yeah. your car. Fuck yeah! You've never been one of those four you guys? you almost ran down a guy. No, I have. It yeah. was in like oh. college or high school. Oh, no, me and my friends were assholes so, in No, high fuck this. Yeah, we were, fuck, we were assholes. Just like I have to show this, this guy. It wasn't that we were bullies. Do it was just that as a group, we would, you know, we would definitely uh, intimidate people. 
There was always this vibe with us. That we wouldn't if it had been one-on-one. It was definitely like we were assholes when the time was right. Like those guys from Clockwork Orange. I think all guys were at some point. You don't know that you need to like modify your power and like just have it come out like a little bit. Yeah, it's testosterone. Yeah. I look back, I shudder sometimes at how I was when I was young. I think it's a big reason why I quit drinking and got married and everything is like, I wanted to be as, once I got a little bit of a look at myself in certain ways, and when I caught snapshots of myself and I realized like, I wasn't a frat guy, but I was definitely like a guy who was into like fucking fat chicks and getting drunk and like, you know, and I just was like, God, that's not, I knew that wasn't who I was in my heart. When you look at yourself from outside. Yeah, I would "Mm." see myself from the outside sometimes, and then uh, and then I I just stopped. I think I might have overcompensated at some point in my life because I'm so good now. Yeah, like I just don't do anything wrong anymore. Really? Yeah. I mean, I lose my temper, but I don't drink or do drugs. I'm extremely nice to people. I'm generous. I thank people, and you know, I mean, we've never really hung out that much, but Uh like you you get the sense that I'm not a bad guy, right? Mm -mm. But I saw you lose your temper once. You did? Yeah. Where? That first time I did, you did one of my storyteller shows. And, uh, and, uh, it was, was it a, at the improv? Yeah, it was that at room the, behind it? Was at the it? lab. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now it's in the main room, but they got that lab place. They didn't. They, didn't, they wouldn't let me park there? Yeah, because they, they didn't give your name to the list. Hell yeah, I got angry. And you were so. You came in steaming. Yeah. And it was like, I get it, but they just didn't know. The improv had no idea that Greg no, I didn't know who was trying to, to come in. Well, no, it wasn't like that. I didn't think I was a big deal. It was just that I was working for free. Yeah. And I, it's like yeah. one thing, usually I work at the improv, I, I get paid and I don't pay for parking. Yeah. Now all of a sudden I'm in a smaller room, not getting paid, and they're being rude. They were being rude to me about it. Yeah, but they weren't, they weren't like on behalf of the improv were being rude to you. It was yeah. just some rude guy in the parking well, lot. Well, that's what was horrible was that I didn't know who to yell at. Yeah. I couldn't yell at the parking lot guy because I actually know that guy. Uh-huh. And he just basically said to me, oh, you work in the lab, you can't park here. And so I went in to straighten it out with somebody inside, and then they wouldn't straighten. It was a bunch of people oh. not knowing. And then I was just, in general, pissed off. Ornery. And I said to the guy, I'm leaving. Did I say to you or to the guy? No, you still did your spot. But I said I'm going to leave. Yeah, it's me or, me or Eric, one of the two of us. And you then I didn't leave. leave. I didn't leave. I don't remember why. You told fun stories. Well, I think when you go on stage with a head of steam, you usually have a good yeah. set, don't and you? And it was all about fighting. It was fight stories. Oh, okay. So that was perfect for, for yeah, your anger yeah. level. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. That was the theme of the night. Yeah. Piper was there telling stories about fighting. Oh, that's funny. Um, and then you, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you were so angry. And I was like, I think that might have been the first time I met you. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> But every other time, you've been super kind and pleasant. <laughs> That's what I hate is that you can't be both. Like, I think some people think I'm an asshole. Like, at the Laugh Factory, I, they had to separate me and another guy a few months ago. Really? A few months ago? Yeah. Wow. Over what? I was doing a benefit for uh, Meta World Peace, of all people. And he was sitting wow. in the front row. And he was sitting with this guy. And it was horrible. What do you they mean? did a fucking live auction halfway through the show, and then I had to go on after it. Yeah. And so uh, nobody's paying attention. It's a mostly black room, and uh, Meta World Peace is talking to this guy in the front row. But it's more like the guy is talking to him. He's just like up his ass and yeah, ta- and like yeah, ignoring but... me. And he's three feet away from me. Uh-huh. And it's it the was rudest thing you can do. And I was so not in command of the show at that time, and I was focusing it on this guy. So I was like, "Fine, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a meal uh-huh. out of this motherfucker, and they're going to come around to me." <laughs> but we don't realize is when you don't have the crowd. And you shit on one of them, they get behind that guy. Yeah. So I'm shitting on this guy because yeah. he's like a total, um, like, slickster. He's one of these fucking jock types who's got on, like, a slick suit. And I, I tear him apart. And then I go off to the side by the bathrooms. This motherfucker comes back to find me. Whoa. And he goes, uh, hey, man, I don't appreciate. He goes, hey, come here. And I go, I'm not no, going anywhere. I, I go, I'm, I'm standing right here. He wanted to go in that back alley. I go, I'm standing right here. He goes, uh, that was disrespectful. I go, disrespectful? And I step right up to him and I go, I go, you don't know what fucking disrespectful is. I go, I'm on stage, you row. fucking piece of shit. And it got, yeah, and, and Don Myrera is on stage and I was yelling at this dude. Oh. And then he said something to me and I grabbed him and then a couple people. You grabbed him? Yeah. 
and then a couple people jumped in. But I could tell, even though he was bigger than me, I could tell right away he was a punk. I knew he, I knew he wasn't going to fight me. And I was rageful. So I kept stepping up to him, and he was like backing off. And then, then it's over, because now you're a cat with a, with a mouse. Now yeah. you're just playing with him. And he's not going to ever do anything. No. So they, they broke it up, and I left. Wow. And then... At the Laugh Factory? A month ago, I, had to, I took a swing at a guy outside of my radio show. Really? Yep. In New York? No, out here in L.A. Oh, you do? They have Sirius? Yeah, at the Sirius studio. What happened? Guy was, I was trying to park in a place he said I wasn't allowed to park. Was he a security guard? No, he said that he owned the place, which I don't think he did. And yeah. it went back and forth. And, uh, you know, and I was, I was keeping it cool. And You're he there all wasn't. The time. He kept escalating and escalating and escalating. What race was he? I have a guess. White guy. Oh, I was wrong. And then, uh, what were you going to say, Jewish? No, I was going to say like Armenian or Persian. And then he finally said, fuck you to me. And I just swung at him. Really? Yeah. And missed him? I hit him in the chest. Hit him in the chest? Yeah, because he kind of backed up. Okay. And then uh, my, my buddy, Mike Gibbons. Who's I know a, Mike Gibbons. Yeah, so Gibbons. he's, he's, he's so a cool. big guy. So he got in between He us. was there? Yeah. Was he going to be a guest or he was just randomly there? No, he's my sidekick on my show. So he oh, was the there time? for the show. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So oh, he, wow. him, and, him and the engineer both jumped in. And luckily, Gibbons was just like, he's pretty good at, he's pretty good at that. He was able at to stepping get, in. Get, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that was, uh, I mean, this is just in the last few months. It's like that scene in Train Spotting where the guy always tries to take his knife out and his buddies are like, they're yeah. responsible for holding his hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike's been around me enough to know. <laughs> He's just like, it's ready to step in. Excuse me, I got to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he something. once broke some up on the subway in New York years ago. What? Yeah. I am so nervous on the subway in New York. Yeah. I always feel there's just so much testosterone or, or yeah. violence around me at all times. And you're stuck in a car. There's yeah. no, it's not like you can run. And unless it's packed, then I'm okay. When it's full, I'm fine. Nothing's yeah. going to happen. But man, I, know, I see people with their, their heads down. Like I know none of you are going to do anything. Yeah. And they won't. And they won't. No. I wonder if I would do something. Have you ever stepped in at a subway oh, mugging? Yeah. Subway mugging? Or somebody like, I could, see, like, here's the deal. I could see somebody said to somebody else, like, what the fuck, man? And started pushing somebody and said, give me your money. I could see me not stepping in. Even if there was like 60 other people on the car, I could see me just like, I, I, I don't want to get stabbed here. Oh, yeah. I saw a guy, um, there was a, a gay guy in, in uh, Boston, in yeah. Back Bay, and it was in an alley, and this gay guy was getting mugged by this mugger i mean it was a classic gay guy black guy and he was mugging him and uh and i went in and i, I broke it up and i chased the black guy off really yeah wow i, would I mean love it wasn't to be that guy it it was it was because he was mugging him and and the gay guy was yelling really loud that the momentum was on the side of the gay guy in a sense okay because once i showed up the black guy was like fuck this i'm yeah. getting out of here but if it. i hadn't come along he may not have run off it's right. more like that but my instinct is always to jump in. To, to right the wrong. Yeah. See, now that's and an to example, protect the weak. Right, that's an example of where I was like, that's good. You should yeah. right the wrong there. Yeah. Wow. And he ran off. Yeah. That's the guy from... Uh, and they it? caught him. Did they really? And the police made me give a statement. And then I was supposed to go to a court case, which never happened. They kept, I kept calling and following up on it to say, when do you need me to come in and be a witness against this guy? And they ended up oh. telling me, oh, it got dismissed because of some technicality. Really? Yeah. Like the oh. cop had fucked up the arrest or something. That's how the guy from, um, died in... Uh, what was the movie where they found that guy in the train tracks? Oh, uh, Stand By Me? Stand By Me, yeah. He died breaking up a fight, right? He got stabbed. Oh, is that right? Yeah. It wasn't in it. They just referenced it. Well, but Romeo yeah. and Juliet. What? He died breaking up a fight? Yeah. The Capulets and the Montagues, and it was, uh, was it Romeo's uh, cousin? Tried to step in? Yeah, and he got killed. I barely remember this movie. Um, I don't remember the book at all. Yeah. You know what a good version of it is? Uh, Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio. That's right. I remember that. Movie. And Kate, Claire Danes. Is that great? I watched it. Venice it was, Beach. Yeah. It was cool. It was a cool rendition of yeah, it. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, it's been done so many times. But I know, but like, yeah, they kept it they true. They, it. All the words stayed the same, right? No, they just updated the scenery. Yeah, and the acting. Let them do movie acting. I just saw another one that was really good, which was um, who was that? Baz Luhrmann? Did he direct that? Was that that guy? I don't, I don't know. No, I think it was a bigger name than that. 
But uh, there was uh, a, a Shakespeare play I'd never even heard of. And somehow I had the DVD of it, and it was Ralph Fiennes. Oh, yeah. I remember he did a Shakespeare oh, movie. Yeah, what was it called? It was... Um, Rafe Fiennes? Is that his name? Is it Rafe? I think his L is uh, obnoxiously silent. I can't... I never know if it's Fiennes or Fiennes, even. Yeah. But um, whatever that one is, rent it. It is true to the language, and it's it's only... It's only modernized slightly. Yeah. You know, they even do it in the same locations. It's set, it's set in Rome. Well, it was set modern day then. Yeah. So, like, you can update it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. But it's it? amazing how a good actor can make that language work. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you just why... just sense it from them? Well, you know, I, I went to the Neighborhood Playhouse, which was all, um, you know, Meisner technique, and I yeah. think the main thing is that if, a, if a, good a, a good actor is really listening and is reacting in a way that's coming from the, the emotional truth rather mm-hmm. than the verbiage. Because yeah. the verbiage is all mentally playing as opposed to really... This guy offended me. I should do this. Instead yeah. of just feeling bad. Feeling it. Offended. Like yeah. the energy that he's coming... That's why you do all these repetition exercises because uh-huh. the words don't mean anything. But you're taking, the, you're taking the energy and you're bouncing it back and forth. And so yeah. great actors like to do Shakespeare because the words don't necessarily have to be understood yeah. as much as the circumstances and the interaction with the other actor. I can see that. Yeah, I just watch them be real. Yeah. Mary Lynn uh, Rice Cub would say uh, for her acting advice, which she would take whatever her line was thrown at her, and she would just, she wouldn't look at her line. She would just say, what do I want to say back? Mm-hmm. And how do I want to react? And then just like say her line and whatever yeah. way that was. Yeah. You know, but with that thing in mind. Yeah. Did you date her? No. Duncan. My friend Duncan did. Oh, see, you're funny. Because Duncan dated Natasha, Natasha. Leggero, and yeah. you dated Natasha Leggero. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he dated Mary Lynn, but you didn't. But I you're did friends not. with her. Yeah. Did you want to date her? No. He was always had a humongous, humongous crush on her. Before they went out. Yeah, like really crushing her. And then we like, we like stalked her down. Yeah. We like decided when she's playing. We figured outside the M bar would be a good place to talk to her because everyone pours out into the parking lot. We can like... Have a chance encounter. She's so great. Yeah. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. She did this thing I saw once about like Sheryl Crow. I don't even know what it was, but it was this whole like twelve minute bit, and it just came so full circle yeah. to where you were at the beginning. Kind of like the way Kinnison when he's yelling, yeah, and then he takes you through how women drive him crazy, and then he yells again. You're like, oh, yeah. Now I get why you are this way. Yeah, it was one of those, and I was like, Jesus, that's just well done. Yeah, she's something else. And then Natasha, how long did you date Natasha for? Like a year and a half. Whoa. Yeah, it was a little while. Jesus. Yeah, that was a fun Were you in love with her? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a fun one. Yeah. That was cool. We were both like starting comedy. Yeah. You know, poor. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Tough breakup? Yeah. I took it hard. She dumped you. <laughs> yeah. She, she found another guy. Did she dump Duncan? Um, I don't know. Yeah, you do. I really, I try to stay away from that. I got, I was really shitty after I broke up with Natasha. So I had to like go out of my way to not get involved in other things. You were shitty towards her? Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah, like really bad. Like I threw a glass of water in her face at the comedy store. Oh, man. Just like overly hurt. Oof. Yeah. Are you guys cool now? Yeah, I've apologized like a thousand times. Yeah. Every time something kind of remembers something, I'm like, I'm really sorry. But only about after the relationship stuff. Yeah. Nothing like during. So when people are like, did you hear Duncan and Natasha broke up? I was like, okay, what? A, I, I'm not. I'm like, this is my punishment for being such a shitty guy three yeah. years ago. Yeah, to have to everyone have to turn and look at me every time she's in a room or that. Was it, it hard too? Because and it break up like that when you have mutual friends. Did you force like people to pick sides? I'm glad I did not do that. That was that was nice. Um, That's a shitty thing to do. I to your wanted friends. them to though. Yeah, I know. They every, knew. Mm-hmm. They knew. And every time my friend said they would like shit on her in public or say something bad to her, it made me feel really good. Yeah. Um, Scorched earth policy. Yeah. But people ask me to do that now. Like, why are you talking to that girl? And I want to be like, hey, man, this fight, it's not a winning situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just need to let this go. Yeah. You introduced us to this person, and now we know them. Yeah. Like, it's done. It's done. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. You ever have bad breakups? <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm trying to guess yeah. what you would have been like. I had a, yeah, you. I had a, I had a bad breakup, which it shouldn't have been because I, I didn't want to be in the relationship anymore. But then she kind of 
she kind of left me. Preempted you? Which, yeah, which really fucking caught I me had off one guard. Of those. It, it hurt more me. than it should. Because she had somebody. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, the, it was more, yeah, I, I think it's a... Ego bruise? I think it was an ego bruise. Because yeah, even if you don't want to be with them, you, you do like that they want to be with you. That's a nice thing when somebody wants to. I guess you. so. I didn't realize it until that moment. Yeah. But I hung on to it way longer than I should have. And I definitely did the like pick sides thing with yeah. friends. God, it's so shitty. Hmm. I, was, I hated her for coming to the comedy store. I was like, this is my place. This is my mm-hmm. only sanctuary. You got to stay out of here. Because she hadn't been in there previous to that. Yeah, she came a few times. But yeah. that was like, I don't know where you started in Boston, but if you ever like have any of those places, like maybe Nick's or something where you can just yeah. stay till 3 a.m. Like yeah. every night and the same guys are there all the time. That's how the store is. Yeah, I think in New York, that's how the comedy cellar was cellar, for me. Yeah. yeah. Out here, I don't really hang out much in the clubs. I like to do spots, but I don't, I haven't go. found too I like. I think the comedy store is the only place I hear people talk about is like a hangout. A hangout. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. So it made me so mad when she was around there. Yeah. But it was really just me being hurt, ego bruised. Mm. Like, what can you do to get back at people? Yeah. I see people now in breakups, and they're like, I want to tell her that she's like, she's fucked up this way and that way. I'm like, what are you going to get? Same thing, yeah, we were talking about before. What's, what's the win? What's, yeah, what are you going to do? What's the point in trying to change anybody? You know, unless you're <laughs> married to them or, or it's your child. Like, it, there's, no, there's no stock in changing anybody. Yeah. And That's he, kind of the secret to life. Just let them be who they are. Let everything be what it is. Yeah, and either like that or don't like it. Don't engage it. Yeah. You've got so many choices in life. Mm-hmm. If you really don't like traffic, then New York's probably not the best place for you right. to drive. You know? right. Just know what you are into. Or know, like, I don't like traffic in L.A., but now I listen to audiobooks when I'm driving. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't want to get out of the car sometimes. That's why I keep referring the car. Yeah, I see I could traffic, see that. I just smoke pot, turn on the radio. What about a like, cop pulling you over? Are you worried about that? No. That's the funny thing about pot is now that medicinal is legal, yeah. there's no sobriety test for it when you're no. driving. Uh-uh. And the tests they propose don't really, te- like you could have smoked two days before. And That's kind of interesting, isn't it? It's yeah. sort of like caught in between, because eventually there will be. Yeah. But there isn't right well, now. That's how Diaz always said, it's the only way you can get caught when it was illegal. It's like having it in your car. Just are you allowed before. to smoke it in your car? No. But you are allowed to be high beforehand, as long as you don't smoke it while you're driving. You can smoke it and then get out of your car and you're fine. Can you have it in your car? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, to drive home from the dispensaries. So as long as you're not in the action of driving while they don't it's see it lit. smoking, yeah. But I had a cop leaning in to give me a ticket for um, texting or give me a warning. He pulled me over on the bike. So fucking demeaning. Yeah. And I get over and I'm yeah. not going to try to run this guy. I know. Um, and he goes, you want to... Oh, t- you mean a bicycle? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's really demeaning. Yeah. Oh. They come up through the light. Oh. There's traffic in the light. <laughs> and they just look in to see who's texting. <laughs> and then you put it down. He goes, when the light turns green, please pull over. Go through and pull over. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Oh. And you're like, I could just go, but there's no... I don't... That, what it, it's so bad. It's not worth it if they catch me. <laughs> so then what he smelled so he was weed? leaning in oh he said do you want a ticket or a lecture and I was like oh I was like okay well, I'll take the I'll take the lecture part of me was like how long is this lecture going to be and how much is the ticket if it's yeah. 40 bucks in an hour then no I'll yeah. take the ticket but he was leaning and talking to me about how it's damaging like it's way more dangerous and statistically and how they're you know they're really copping down on people now and there was a half smoke bowl right in my center console yeah. and my cart reeks of weed yeah so he knows. He's he a knew. cop. He he's knew. an investigative. That's his profession. Yeah. You know, but he's like, no, whatever. Didn't say a word. It doesn't, it doesn't affect driving ability. Those are all the tests. It makes, if you're drunk, it makes it a lot worse. I wish I could go back to smoking weed. I did it for a couple of years and I just, I, I was going to bed thinking about anxiety. every choice in my life yeah. had been a mistake and I just knew this isn't going to, I can't, once your head goes there when yeah. you're high, yeah. you can't ever. I've been able now, with that same way you did to stop fighting, I've been able to stop those thoughts. Really? Like, hey, do you want to have these thoughts? This is what is going to go on. And you're going to have a bad like, enjoyment of this. So why don't you think about something like, more enjoyable and then leave these behind? Because I know it's a drug fucking with me. But do you also think that, because this is what I also believed, is that I was losing my edge. I was not working as hard. Oh, that happens to a lot of people. Yeah. Absolutely. But you don't feel that happens with you. If I have errands to do, I got to get out of the house first. No, I'm just because I'm more successful than I ever have been in the last yeah. three years. Has been c- just continuous pot use. Yeah. 
But if I, if I smoke before, if I go to the bank in the post office and I smoke pot, a lot of times that won't get done. I so see I you're a, going up to Edmonton to do some shows. Uh-huh. Bring a lot of merch, man. Oh, yeah. They buy really? fucking merch. Really? For a I lot, bring, too. I didn't buy last year. What do you mean? You, they, they'll say to you, don't, because I usually sell CDs for like 10 bucks. Yeah. They're like 25. Sell them Watch. for 25. I'm like, no, I'll sell them for 20. I sold all my shit in the first two shows. Really? I'm sitting there with no merch. Left. And I brought a lot because my agent because told me to bring a lot. Really? Justin. So I bought a ton. I sold it in two shows. Wow. And that's Canadian dollars, which is better. Better. Yeah, for a while. It no, it's anyway. crazy. You'll make a lot of money on merch up there. Wow. Okay. I'll do that. Good club. Good people. I was there once, but I didn't have merchandise. Oh, they're great. Oh, you've been there before. Yeah. Oh. Bronson's. Yeah, they take good care of you. He got me out of trouble. I got caught with, uh, with weed in, in Minnesota at his other club. Really? Yeah, and he, the mall cops and the real cops were there. And Brunson fucking from the phone from Edmonton talked me out, talked me out of trouble. He knew the cops? No, but he, he was able to like, like talk down to the, to the mall cops enough. Um, the main cop was me. I was, he was cool about it. He was like, told me what to say, what I needed to know to, like, to get out of it. He's like, so are you telling me you don't have any on you right now? Oh, I see. And I was like, that's correct. And he's like, okay, well, no crime here. Well, how did they catch you? I was hiding it for people. I have this scavenger hunt with weed sometimes. During the show? No, just um, wherever I am in a city, I'll just hide like those edibles, like a lollipop or those breast strips. Oh, wait, like, back up. What are you talking about? I play those games sometimes where I'll take some medical edibles. With yourself? You play the game? Yeah. And I hide them somewhere and then I leave clues. I just play fun. I clues play for who? People who want to find... How do you leave the clues? Twitter? Twitter, yeah. Oh, all right. I don't know what the fuck you're yeah, talking okay, about. Okay, yeah. So I do that. And then, um, so I, I got caught this time. I got in trouble. How, who caught you? Some, I put him in a, in a department store in the underwear aisle. Yeah. And the first guy came in and found it, I guess, when the clue got, you know, yeah. clear enough. And then the next 10 people just came in and started ripping through the underwear aisle. Yeah. And they're like, what the fuck is going on? Why, is, why are people keep coming in and tearing through her underwear? And they told on you? Yes, somebody, I guess the employee was following me on Twitter or his friend was. And they saw it. And then, yeah, the show had just started. And then I, I saw these three cops come over. I was texting outside. And like, can we talk Holy to you? shit, the perfect crime. No evidence. No evidence. It's there. So that's what the cop said. He goes, so were these real breast strips or were they pop breast strips? Is there any way to tell the difference? And I was like, no. And he goes, so they were just real breast strips? And I was like, what? Oh, yes. Yes. They were Did real you have to get off stage? No, I hadn't been on yet. Oh. The show just started. I had like 40 minutes. I'm like, well, you got to leave them all. You're, I'm like, you got to go and tell these people right now. So this is how you spent your half hour before you went on, dealing with this. Uh-huh. And so then the club called some local comics. like, come headline if already he gets like fully arrested. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> it's great. But Rick Brunson called. Yeah. He was the best. Like, he got me on the phone after talking to these like mall cops and yeah. whatever. And he got me on the phone. He goes, listen. No matter what happens now, act serious. Yeah. Because I'm going to pretend like I'm yelling at you. Yeah. And he goes, I don't give a fuck. It's fine. It's cool. Great. Yeah. And they're bringing you back. Oh, yeah. Will you play the game again? I didn't play it at Mall of America this time. And I don't do it in Canada because I don't like smuggling stuff over the border. Mm. But I don't know. I sold some fucking tickets there, too. In Edmonton? Yeah, I was selling out. That's cool. Sold I love Canadian audiences. Shows. Yeah, they're great. They're great. And I mean, they know how to watch comedy. Sort they're of. drunk in Cowboys, though, in Edmonton. They're, yeah. they're like, they're oil rich. Yeah, Calgary's And a lot like of them too. haven't been to comedy shows before. But it seems like they're aware of, like, for the most part, even if they get drunk, not to scream out too much. Yeah, and when they do, it's good spirited. Yeah. They're, not, they're not heckling you. Yeah. They're just cowboys. They're yeah. having fun. It happens once in a while, but really way less often than America. Yeah. I don't know. I, what do, you, do you like Canadian audiences? That's the only time I've... Well, I've, I've done Montreal a bunch of times, and I used to do Toronto, and I always loved it, but I'd never done the West Coast. Oh, you got to go to Vancouver. I can't wait to go talk to fucking Justin. I just said to him last month, I go, I want to go to Vancouver, yeah. man. The comedy mix is really cool. Yeah. They just have... They just, they, Small club? Yeah, like 250, I think. It's perfect. Yeah. I love that size. Nick's Comedy Stop just opened up again. Yeah, I'm going up there. Are you really? Justin said he was talking to them. I was like, yeah, I want to go to Boston eventually. And then they're opening a bigger club. Oh, really? In Boston, yeah. Oh, that's cool. So I'm doing the smaller one, and then I think I'm doing the bigger one later. You just want to go at some point. Well, I just went. I did this benefit. I was telling you, with the, yeah. up in Boston's Cam Neely's Foundation with Dennis Leary, and I went up and did a, I did a show, and uh, 
I had a good set, so they want to bring me back soon because there was 6,000 people there. So you want to try to oh, get wow. them into a club now. Yeah. You know, get those And get those people, people that liked me for a small amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. That's the ideal. If you can tell them right then, hey, I'll be doing a full set. Exactly. But I couldn't then, but at least, yeah. you know, I'll be able to put it out somehow. Yeah. All right. I think we're done talking about golf and fighting. All right, man. What, what do you want to... Let's... let's, let's um, Fitz Dog Radio, check it out. If you haven't experienced it, it's on iTunes. I like that. Uh, experienced it. Go to, go to FitzDog.com. And also, um, you know, there's... So uh, that's your serious show and your podcast. The, the serious show is just called The Greg Fitzsimmons Show. And that's oh. Monday nights at 7 on uh, Howard Stern's channel. Okay. And then so um, check out my tour dates I got coming up in... Um, what do I got? Uh, Lake Tahoe, Chicago... Boston, Austin. Um, I'll look over your schedule before I put this out, too. Tell Dallas. People. All oh, coming up. Go Austin, to these cities. Come see me. What's your website and what's your Twitter? Fitzdog.com, at Greg Fitz Show. And uh, thank you, man. I appreciate having me on. I enjoy um, your podcast. You're welcome. Thanks. Um, yeah, cool. All right. <laughs> good ending. That was really good. I'm not good at ending. I'll do an outro also. All right. Bye. <laughs> Don't forget to get my special, Passive Aggressive. Go to chill.com slash Ari Shafir or just go to AriTheGreat.com and click on the banner at the top. Get my special. Support my comedy, please. <laughs> <laughs>